0: Show, all right, let's get this thing rolling. I'm on, man, I'm on top of it. I'm on, and I don't even know I'm on. That's how on I am. I don't even know I'm on. Uh, I'm live on uh, YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel, I'm live on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. I'm live on Facebook Live, and I am Tony Visick, and this is Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. Arizona time, which is currently Pacific time, but after daylight savings time, it'll be mountain time. Now, you don't know what time it is where you are. That's how I like to start off the show with a thoroughly confused audience, and I think I will have achieved my results. Uh, we uh, come to you every day. We are your daily distraction for all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla going on in the world today. The show is brought to you on three platforms, Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com, where you can always tune in, listen in, leave us comments, questions, answers, money. Uh, also on YouTube with the Comedy Schools channel and right here on Facebook Live. Uh, I'm staring at a telephone, a computer screen, and another computer is picking up the sound of my voice. Uh, the show is built around three things, questions and comments from you that we uh, attempt to uh, answer, uh, our comment back on. Let uh, me show you some knick-knack uh, art, uh, curio, oddity, uh, memento, something that we have laying around here in the home office that I share with you and try to weave a story around. Uh, and then also we, we uh, recommend two artists, our two pieces of music based off our vast vinyl album collection. And yes, sometime, during this week, we, uh, a couple of the days we began to feature uh our cd compact disc collection and as the weeks go by we'll be we'll be transitioning to that even more because even with over 500 record albums uh with the pandemic going on as long as it is and we've uh we have uh, uh vouched we have volunteered we have vowed to do this show every day until the pandemic is over uh we will eventually run out of record albums so um But I got two great vinyl albums for you today, two great artists, uh, neither of which you probably know about, uh, that I'm going to recommend that once you listen to them, and we hope that you do that. We hope that when we recommend an artist or a piece of music, that you just go and type their name in YouTube and listen to it, because uh, uh, that would make us happy, and it'll make you happy too, because we recommend really good stuff, man. Uh, That's the whole thing going on during quarantine, is we have to make everything old new again. As our worlds have become a little limited in what we can do, and yes, more people are going out. If you follow the graphs and the charts, there's less and less social distancing going on. Uh, Oh, my brother's watching. I've got a a picture here, Jerry, that you gave me that you didn't draw, but it's a great picture. You gave it to me for my birthday one year, and I'm going to feature it uh, a little later in the show, and, and then you can give us a little information on this particular picture, um, as the pandemic goes on, our, like I said, social distancing is not, people aren't practicing as strongly, as strongly uh, as they did, say, back in March and April, and it is drifting back up. We are still pretty much in sort of some sort of semi-pseudo kind of sort of lockdown. So for a lot of us, our worlds are a lot smaller. Uh, we can't, there's no big events. There's no big events. There's no big concerts. You know, there's no uh, Broadway. There's no bus and truck tours of great Broadway shows. There's no sporting events that we can attend en masse. Uh, so we have to find ways to take that, which we already have and re-examine and re-explore it. And I think in that way, we'll keep our uh, we'll keep our spirits up. We'll keep our hope alive and we'll keep our creativity a-flowing. Uh, Daniel Bros asks, can you link the artist songs on the Facebook comments? I could, but then my fingers are all up here doing that and it's, you know what, I'll try to do it. Um, I put the names of the artists when um, when we finished the show and then I, I put in the byline to it, Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizic. And I mentioned what we talked about. I'll try to uh, I'll try to do that. I'll try to add that uh, extra layer for you guys. So after the show, you'll be able to go to my Facebook page and see where the show's been recorded and maybe um, uh, I can have a link there for you. But it's just, damn it, it's just too much to do right now. Three platforms, all these people. It's just overwhelming. Uh, What's going on? What's going on? Um, Was it last night that uh, the Democratic National Convention wrapped up and Joe Biden accepted the nomination? Great speech by Joe Biden. Wonderful speech by Joe Biden. Uh, He said something that I think is really important and differentiates the two candidates, and that he said he would be president for all the people, not just the people that voted for him. And uh, uh, a threat that has run through this current administration, and we've heard uh, it alluded to by the current president quite a bit, is that, why should I care about those people? They don't vote for me. Um, you know, that this administration seems to primarily be concerned with their base and their voters. By the way, a lot of what they do is not good for their base and their voters, but, um, There has been a long historic tradition in America of getting people to vote against their own best interests. A lot of people say that I've been voting against my own best interest uh, most of my life. That's what a lot of people say. Not a lot of people, but sometimes. Sometimes I've been hanging out with a bunch of white guys and I just play golf. Uh, Nothing against white guys. I am a white guy. I like white guys. They go, why are you voting for that? You're not black. You're not a woman. You're not gay. You're not this. You're not that. So I have always voted for progress. I've always voted for progress. Maybe not as rapid as maybe young progressives today, but I've always voted for progress. I've always voted for inclusion. I think we all benefit from inclusion. I think a country where no matter what your sexual orientation or gender, or a country where uh, no matter the color of your skin, uh, a country where no matter if you uh, got here as a child or if you can trace your lineage all the way back to the goddamn Mayflower, uh, that including everyone makes this a really great nation. I mean, over and over again, just a peripheral, just thumbing through history, you see that so many wonderful things uh, were created, invented, thought of, uh, started in this nation by people who are newly arrived, or we're not part of uh, mainstream. We're not able to access mainstream culture. So um, uh, I like the idea. That was the that was my big takeaway when he said, "I will be everyone's president, not just the people who vote for me. But even if you didn't vote for me, I'll be your president." Uh, Daniel Bros. <laughs> I I uh, I take no uh, that, that is a uh, we uh, we are not responsible for the comments of our audience. Uh, Paul Whitney says, including even Maverick fans? Yes, Paul, even Maverick fans. Because I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, I don't know the guy, okay? And I don't know his business history. But I like Mark Cuban, you know, as far as multimillionaires, billionaires go. I like Mark Cuban. I love that TV show Shark Tank. I get a kick out of it. He's a great media personality, okay? Uh, he's someone who just seems like a regular guy who's become extremely successful, which is what he kind of is. So... Uh, Yes, I hope the Dallas Mavericks get decimated in the next three games they play against the L.A. Clippers. Uh, that's the big thing for me tonight. at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. my time. The Los Angeles Clippers take on the Dallas Mavericks in game three. Now, surprisingly, but you know what? Not surprisingly, if you watch game one, the Mavericks beat the Clippers the last time they met. This series is now even at one and one. And the Mavericks were giving the Clippers a run for the money in game one before that uh, one guy, I can't, a kid strip, kilt strip, how do you say it, Paul? Um, was ejected. Do the Clippers still have that tall guy? Uh, yes, they do. They have. They still have the tall guy. They don't, you know, they don't, I think they got a seven-footer, you know? Uh, I think Zubak might be a seven-footer, but they don't have, you know, uh, uh, they're not, a, they're not a, like, really... A big team for the NBA, you know, but a lot of great NBA players are not, they're taller than the average guy, you know, uh, Chris Paul is what, 6'2", 6'4", something like that, he looks small on a basketball court, Kistraps, prozingus. Kistraps, Kistraps, Pozingus. and I should be able to pronounce that with a name like VisIC having Eastern European, heritage, uh, in my blood. Eastern, her- Eastern European heritage in my blood, Eastern Eastern European heritage in my blood, uh, I should be able to pronounce that, but I have a hard time with it. Kistrap Prosingas. He was kicked out in game two on a technical, which technically was correct. Uh, a lot of us are going, wow, that, that seems kind of lame because he barely did anything. But what he did was, uh, you know what? It, that's right. I got his name close enough. And what he did in game one was close enough that he uh, got ejected by the rules of the NBA. Daniel Bro says, I still can't pronounce your name. Uh, you know what? And no one can really pronounce your name either, Daniel. B-R-O-Z. Is it Braz? Braz? Is it bras? Is it Brazier? Is bros short for Brazier? Shouldn't your name since it's B-R-O-Z, but it's pronounced bros. It should be B-R-O apostrophe S. Um, Tim Lawson says, I like watching midgets play. You know, that's a fun thing to watch, midget basketball. Uh, that was a thing when we were kids in high school. They'd bring in, uh, you don't call them midgets anymore, but that was the title, midget basketball. Um Let's see, Paul Whitney says, or they just call him Unicorn, Unicorn. All right, fine. Well, that's going to be on tonight. I liked uh, Joe Biden's speech, this uh, false narrative being pushed by uh, Republicans that uh, he had uh, that he lost the step, that he missed it, that he was senile. Uh, all have uh, went totally out the window with well, last night's speech. How good was his speech last night? Commentators on Fox News talked about what a good speech it was. Commentators? On Fox News, talked about what a good speech it was. So we enjoyed that, and we're going to watch watching the uh, Clippers uh, to uh, stomp the Mavericks. Every Maverick who's over six foot at the end of this this game tonight will only be three foot tall because the the, uh, Clippers are going to open up a can of whoop-ass on them, uh, the likes of which you've never seen. Kawhi Leonard will avenge the humiliating defeat in Game 2. Okay, uh, what else have I got to tell you about... uh, not a lot, just this coming Tuesday, uh, this coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. Arizona time, Pacific time. I'm doing a free intro for my stand-up comedy workshops. If you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, if you have to speak in a public forum, if you'd like to have a better sales presentation, if you just like to get over the stage fright, the fear of, oh my God, what if someone asked me to stand up and speak in front of a group? Join us, join us this Tuesday at 6 p.m. And we'll share with you some uh, cool tips and ideas. Uh to kind of launch you on being a comedy writer or to get over stage fright and a multitude of other things, other things, over. That's the other thing. If you make a mistake, it's no big deal. Other things, uh, that's going to be uh, this coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. It's easy to join in. Just go to comedyschools.com. That's our flagship, our flagship website. We have two, we have two websites, comedyschools.com, our comedyschoolsradionetwork.com. I believe it's up there. And click on the link this coming Tuesday and it'll be live and it'll be free. And we'll have a little one hour chat about uh, performance art and comedy. And then if you like what you hear and like what you see, you might want to join our ongoing workshops. That's the big advertisement. Uh, Sorry, Randy, I am a no bobblehead today. What I've got, and Jerry's still around, is I've got this picture that's been hanging on my wall. And I don't think that we've used this picture on the show yet. And that's our concern right now. Some of the stuff we're going, have we already talked about this album? Uh there. What's that? Maybe at the very beginning. Yeah. So that is a very cool picture and that's of two of the great icons of 20th century music and even into 21st century. That is a drawing, a pen and ink drawing of Bob Dylan and Merle Haggard. Bob Dylan and Merle Haggard, a pen and ink drawing and a very good one too. If you can see it and I don't know who the artist was. What I can tell you about this pen and ink drawing is that it was given to me by my brother Jerry, who is a great artist. We featured uh, a lot of his art. We have more of Jerry's art we can feature on the show. We should do that next week. You know that? We, we've got some, we got some drawings that he's done, and we've got some other paintings and stuff we can get up. Uh, but Jerry gave this to me as a gift because uh, I am, of course, um, it says in the back, it says uh, Sumo. So I don't know if that's the name of the artist. Uh... Anyway, if you could see it, it's a great drawing of two of the iconic, iconic figures in American culture in the 20th, 21st century, Merle Haggard and Bob Dylan. So uh, the interesting thing about this picture is they did tour together, and I actually saw that tour, and for a lot of reasons, I saw that same show twice at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood. Uh, I saw it Twice. And one of, those, um, one of those nights was with my brother Jerry and a friend of his. This was done by his dear old friend, terrific illustrator, Nathan Ota, O-T-A, Ota. There we go. Thank you very much, Jerry. All right, uh, we did see a tour that was Bob Dylan and Merle Haggard, both together, but not together on the stage at the same time. Merle Haggard was the opening act. Bob Dylan was the closing act. Uh, and Merle came out and sang all of his hits, and they sounded just as good as the day that he recorded them. Mama Tried, "Okie from Muskogee, all of those hits. Okay, And then uh, Dylan came out and sang all of his hits, and none of them sounded like Dylan songs because Dylan changes every song every time. He changes everybody. It was a fantastic show. I would heard... There had been some uh, consternation during that particular tour. Uh, I don't know it was a 10- or 20-city tour, Bob Dylan and Merle Haggard together, uh, because Dylan never once talked to Merle Haggard, was the story I heard. That Haggard thought they would be hanging out and shooting the breeze and talking, but Dylan's not a big hangout guy and never really hung out with him. And uh, my friend Rich Scheidner I was talking to on the phone yesterday, he said something at the time, he goes, not surprising because it's not that he didn't like Merle Haggard, he didn't talk to anybody. He doesn't talk to, his, uh, he doesn't talk to his band, he doesn't talk to his roadies, he doesn't talk to his kids. <laughs> Why the hell is he going to talk to Merle Haggard? <laughs> so, uh, I saw Warren Zevon a David Letterman one time talking about uh, Dylan either sitting in on one of his records or him, si- him getting to play harmonica or something on a Dylan record. And he goes, it was a big deal for me. This is Warren Zevon talking about Bob Dylan. Letterman asked... Warren Zevon, if it was a big deal. He goes, but well, was, was that a big deal, Warren? He goes, well, yeah, you know, I get to work with the guy who kind of invented my job, singer-songwriter. know, uh, that's a good way to look at it. And uh, he goes, I, he goes, I uh, tried to. He goes, well, did you talk to him? He goes, and Warren Zevon goes, not a lot. Bob's not much for small talk. And, and Letterman laughed. I think Letterman had him on the shirt. He goes, no, no, he's not. And Warren Zevon goes, you know, I tried to. I tried to. He goes, no. He goes, well, I I goes so uh, Bob, what have you been up to all summer? He just went, traveling. And that was it. He goes, that was the extent of our small talk that we just got to work. Tim Lawson says he loved Johnny Cash. Yeah, he loves a lot of people, but he just doesn't talk to a lot of people. Bob Dylan doesn't. Although a great sense of humor on the guy. Uh, he had a uh, station on Sirius way back in the day, like 15 years ago. You know, and, and on that, he like talked like crazy about the music he loved and the music that he grew up with. So I love this. I love that my brother gave it to me. I love that we now know the name of the illustrator, Nathan Ota. I'm going to show it to you one more time. Great shot. Maybe I'll take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. Okay, Great art. Great art doesn't own, does not only come from well-known artists. Okay, Oftentimes, it comes from artists you've never heard of and will never hear of again. But they, uh, they are touched by the muse as well. It's the same thing in music and it's the same thing in stand-up comedy. Some of the best stand-up comics uh, you'll ever hear are not uh, world famous. Matter of fact, oftentimes, the ones that are world famous are uh, somewhat watered down imitations of the truly great artists. Okay, all right. So uh, we did that. Now we're going to talk about the music and I'm kind of excited. Kind of excited. Uh, Jerry says Nathan is pretty well known. Well, cool. That's cool. Now, hopefully he's a... Uh, people can look him up. Nathan Ota, O T A. Nathan Ota, O T A. Uh, look him up and see some of his other work. That will be fantastic. Now we're going to talk about uh, the music, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to recommend these. I don't have the cover to this album, but I got to talk about this album. So this is all I got. So that's his peaches. Peaches was a huge record chain primarily in the Midwest. This was an anti-static cover. It keeps it fresher. That's what it says. Okay, I do not have the cover, but I have had this album almost since it came out in 1970, and it's called The Cooper Sessions. Once again, uh, our friend, he's not our friend, we don't know him, but we feel like we know him and we love him. Uh, Al Cooper did this album in 1969 in New York. It was recorded in one weekend, released in 1970, and it's called The Cooper Sessions. It followed what was a seminal record which we've talked about uh, on this show before, uh, the Super Sessions, where one side it was Al Cooper and Mike Bloomfield, and the other side it was uh, Al Cooper and Stephen Stills right before uh, he, uh, in between, um, Stephen Stills was in Buffalo Springfield and then switched over to Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and during that transition recorded an album with Al Cooper. Al Cooper, who played the organ on Like a Rolling Stone, uh, formed Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and then quit. And uh, also discovered Leonard Skinner. He made the Super Sessions. This is the Cooper Sessions with Shuggy Otis. Now, this is interesting because if you listen to this, if you just listen to, um, well, my favorite song is Side One, Bury My Body. It's a great rave up, a piano driven rave up of the great old uh, gospel tune, Bury My Body. But on Side Two, on uh, a song called Slow Goonbash, Slow Goonbash, 15-year-old, Suggy Otis, puts on a clinic on how to play the blues guitar. That's what makes this album so great. I mean, the music is great, but the kid on guitar is only 15 years old at the time. Now, he's quite a bit older now. He's the son of uh, uh, legendary big band leader, Johnny Otis. Shuggy Otis was 15, and if you go into YouTube and you put in the Cooper Sessions, Slow Goon Bash you will hear blues, a rock and blues guitar that makes you go, wow, is that Johnny Winter? Is that Eric Clapton? Who is that? Is that Elmore James brought back in a more modern era? What the hell is going on? A stunning piece of work. Side one, Bury My Body. Like I said, a great, 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 great version of that great old gospel tune. Side two, uh, uh, Slow Goon bash. YouTube, The Cooper Sessions. And listen, and keep in mind that the guitar you're hearing is being played at the time by a 15-year-old, a progeny. And that's what I'm talking about. You'll listen to that and go, why wasn't this guy famous? Why wasn't this guy a huge star? Especially in an era where guitar players who were playing blues rock became huge stars. Lesser guitar players reached much greater fame than Shuggy Otis, and at 15... Being that prodigy that he was, you would think, oh, my God, he would have been mentioned, you know, at the top of any list of top 10 guitar players. You listen to him, and you go, wow, Stephen Ray Vaughn is almost this good. So that's why I'm recommending that. The Cooper Sessions with Suggy Otis, 15-year-old uh, Shuggy Otis. Next thing I'm going to recommend, uh, you know, I know I mentioned that uh, Suggy Otis's dad was legendary band leader Johnny Otis. Um, this, okay, and I've had this since I was a kid. Like my grandpa gave it to me, or someone. I got a, I got like a little turntable, and my dad's dad gave me. Goes here, here's that, this is good music. And once again, we're not really gonna be able to. There's no great album cover here. All right, look at that. That's a pretty. That was a generic album cover, and this was the Mercury Special Series. The Mercury Special Series. That's what it says. Popular jazz, copyright RAK Sales Incorporated. Uh, read the labor for, label for monorail or stereo. Read the label for selections. Read the label for artists. Read the label. Famous Mercury Records. And this particular album. I know Stevie Ray Vaughan is sacred, Jerry. I'm saying go back and listen to side two of the Cooper Sessions. you listen to side one, too. But side two, kicking off with that uh, that song Slow Goon Bash, And tell me, you're not going, okay, all right. All right, this kid could give anybody a run for their money. Uh, This album is called Somebody Up There Digs Me. Somebody Up There Digs Me by Louis Jordan. Louis Jordan was as famous in his day as Stevie Ray Vaughan is in his day, or maybe even Beyonce is now. He was known as the king of the jukebox. People loved to play his music in a jukebox because, damn, it was danceable. All right, and he had a hit with Caledonia. Caledonia, Caledonia, how come your feet are so large? How? uh a great jump and it was called jump blues lewis jordan created a type of music called jump blues it was a fast-paced dance music that incorporated swing and jazz and blues and also he was goddamn funny he was a funny guy his lyrics were funny he was a comical band leader he was a great saxophone player but if you listen to um uh, side one if you listen to uh, caledonia by lewis jordan and then you keep in mind that this album, most of these songs, Caledonia was recorded in 1943, and it is a rock and roll record. A lot of people say that uh, Bill Haley in the comments invented rock and roll with uh, Rock Around the Clock, or uh, that uh, the song or that uh, Ike Tina did with Rocket 88, you know, invented rock and roll. You listen to Caledonia and great guitar licks, which was unusual for a band in the 40s that were mostly horn-driven. Are sax-driven, uh, listen to Caledonia, and you go, God damn, was that recorded like five years ago? Hot, funny stuff. He also had a big hit with uh, songs that later on kind of people know or kind of know, Choo Choo Chaboogie. Choo Chu-chu, Choo, Choo Choo Chaboogie. Uh, and Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby. Is you is, is you ain't my baby. So this is a, a form of music you may not be familiar with called Jump Blues. Jump Blues, Okay. And Louis Jordan was the king of it, considered the king of the jukebox. Uh, He had quite a life. He was married five times. He got ripped off by every record company in the world. In 1961, the IRS uh, came after him for back taxes because like most musicians who like to drink and dance all night, uh, uh, he wasn't a good accountant and and a lot of money got stolen, yet he was still responsible for it. And he was selling off properties and stuff at like fire sale rates, Ike Turner got wind of what was going on and called uh, the Mercury label in Chicago, I believe, and told them, you need to send Louis Jordan $20,000 right now. And knowing what we now know about Ike Turner, if Ike Turner called you up and goes, you need to do that now, that they did it and kind of helped him out of a jam. He was married five times. One of his wives stabbed him twice. One of his wives stabbed him twice, the second time almost killing him. Okay, uh, what is Jerry saying? What is MKG, a gallery? I don't understand. The, oh, Diane Nahal says, Jerry Fizik, what is MKG, a gallery? She's asking. So that's the two uh, artists that we're recommending today. Well, the artist Louis Jordan, Caledonia by Louis Jordan. You got that, Daniel Bros? Caledonia, Caledonia. Da, 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 da. Great, great. Recorded in 1943. It is a rock and roll record. Listen to it. Get back to me tomorrow night and let me know what you think. And also the Cooper Sessions, starting out with a Slow Goombash. And realize that the guitar you're hearing is being played by a 15-year-old Wonderkind, 15. And tell me that it doesn't rival anything that uh, Johnny Winter or uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan or possibly even Clapton did. Granted, they had a lot bigger body of work that captured the imagination. But listen to the Cooper Sessions and tell me that kid was not something else. All right. You know what? That's our show today. I was excited because I got to talk about these two relatively unknown to us artists and uh, hope that you will uh, YouTube them, Lewis Jordan and the Cooper Sessions, and uh, and enjoy and really enjoy. Uh, also, we got to turn you on to uh, an artist, Nathan Ota. Okay, we got to turn you on to that. Uh, talk about uh, people I love talking about, like Bob Dylan and uh, Merle Haggard, and to talk about what a great speech. Um, I don't know if it was rock and roll, Okay, but it was, uh, uh, it was certainly really good power pop. If you're going to say, what was Joe Biden's speech last night? Was it rock and roll? Was it rap? No, but it was definitely power pop. And power pop is great fucking music. All right, it was a great speech. All right, you know what we like to say? We like to say Biden 2020 and Visick 2022. And I'll fill you in on that a little more later on in the coming weeks. All right, folks, that's our show for today. Thanks for watching. Tomorrow, Saturday, special time, 7 p.m. We're on at 7 p.m., not at 2 p.m. That's what we do on Saturday, Sunday back to 2. I'll see you tomorrow night. Keep everything tight. Bye-bye.